This is the Lions Unchained podcast, where the shackles of your mind are broken. It's not for the faint-hearted, but the chosen few who've embraced the call to leadership, dare to venture where others will not, and believe in God's supernatural power. Join Carl Joseph now for a life-changing word. Get ready to be unleashed into your destiny. I was watching a movie the other day, and it was deeply profound, one that I'm surprised wasn't listed among the Oscar contenders of that year. It was, of course, Nacho Libre. All joking aside, in that movie, Jack Black's character is concerned for the soul of his wrestling friend and wanted to know why he had not been baptized in water. And when he was ready to wrestle himself, he said, pray to the Lord. But his friend's response was like this. Pray to the Lord for strength. I don't believe in God. I believe in science. That's what his friend said. I don't believe in God. I believe in science. But friend, the obvious response from a Christian worldview is why does it have to be one or the other? Why not both? The Bible has never contradicted science once yet, and it never will. As scientists make new discoveries, previously perceived contradictions are rectified or corrected. Up until 1801 and the first proposal of the concept of evolution by Jean-Baptiste Lamarck, man believed in God or Hades, and for thousands of years that was the case. There is no evidence of particle to person or hominid to homo sapien. The pantheon of Greek and Roman gods are evidence enough that man had enough sense to realize he was formed in the image of a god or the gods in their case. In nearly every record of anthropology, there is an inherent belief in two things. Number one, that we descended from a god or gods, and number two, at one time in the archaic past, a great flood covered the earth. Even the secular Mesopotamian poem, The Epic of Gilgamesh, which is one of the most ancient Sumerian texts, describes a universal flood like Noah's and has close parallels with a creation story in the Garden of Eden. Amazingly, numerous isolated indigenous peoples around the globe who've never communicated with each other all held similar beliefs passed on from their forefathers. This reinforces the fact of a universal and catastrophic deluge that is prevalent throughout history. The sacrifice of animals for the remission and reproach of sin is also universal in most archaic cultures. The feeling that man may be able to purge himself from wrongdoing by the shedding of blood is ubiquitous in almost all civilizations of antiquity. All these facets have truth to them. If we look at the biographies of some of the most world-renowned scientists down the years, they were either Christians or believers in God at least. Clearly, their thinking wasn't marred by their so-called primitive Bible beliefs. In fact, I would contend that the brightest and best scientists have always been those who believed in God. For example, Sir Isaac Newton, Robert Boyle, William Thomas Kelvin, Blaise Pascal, Sir Francis Bacon, Nicholas Copernicus, Michael Faraday, Max Planck, Albert Einstein, and the list goes on. All of these people have said they believe in God. It's hard to quibble with a list like this, as these men are arguably representing the creme de la creme of scientific minds. The difficulty today is that since June 25, 1962, when the Supreme Court ruled wrongly to oust prayer from public schools, God's permissive influence has waned in society. 
The school system in this nation has become radically secularized over the past half century. This is the case in Europe also, where the European Union, ruling from Brussels, Belgium, have statutes and governances stating no mention of divine origin or any moral compass with reference to any ruling deity. For them, the ultimate authority is the state, not God. Our leaders today are a generation of children raised in a secular education system that only teaches one side of the story. To be objective, one needs to teach both evolution and creationism and let the child decide. However, with over five decades of biased secular teaching, if we approach some of these students today with a concept that our world was created, we are laughed to scorn with statements like, didn't you know that evolution is a fact? Is your religion a crutch or an opiate? Only simpletons believe in God, etc., etc. Well, I have news for you. Just because it's written in a textbook doesn't mean it's fact. A careful amalgamation of disconnected hypotheses framed to appear as interlinked does not constitute fact. We are in danger of of losing generations as they fiercely regurgitate what they've been taught in a partisan system that teaches half-truths posing as fact. This, friend, is a sardonic agenda by the evil one to keep our children in darkness. This is a direct result of the spiritual vacuum created when God was removed from public schools. I will now list a series of scientific facts mentioned in the Bible long before the scientists discovered them in any laboratory. Number 1. Astronomy. Since ancient times, man has counted the stars. Ptolemy counted 1,056. Tycho Brahe catalogued 777. Johannes Kepler counted 1,005. Yet the Bible says in Jeremiah 33:22, the host of heaven cannot be numbered. While also comparing in Genesis 22:17, it says the sand which is upon the seashore to the stars of heaven. In other words, you cannot compare the number of stars, even to the sand. Before the invention of the modern telescope, this must have seemed like a serious scientific mistake in the Bible. Now, however, it must be recognized as a supernatural scientific insight. Astronomers now estimate that there are at least 10 to the power of 26 stars. That is, 100 million billion billion stars, which reflects the same order of magnitude as the number of grains of sand on planet Earth. Truly, the stars cannot be numbered as the Bible states. Scientists have also identified that each star is unique. This is also referenced in Scripture in 1 Corinthians 15:14. One star differs from another star in glory. Number 2. The Solar System Psalm 19 mentions our solar system. Speaking of the sun, the psalmist mentions in Psalm 19.6, His going forth is from the end of heaven, and his circuit under the ends of it, and there is nothing hid from the heat thereof. Number three, the Earth is a sphere. Better known as geophysics, this field had always assumed the Bible teaches the Earth is flat. Nothing could be further from the truth. Isaiah 40.22 states, It is he that sitteth upon the circle of the Earth. The word translated circle is the Hebrew chug, a more exact connotation of which is sphericity or roundness. The Bible makes it clear the Earth was round long before man figured it out. Number four, dark matter. Science mentions the universe is comprised of a quantity called dark matter, i.e. a large part of the total mass of the universe is hidden to us. Its existence can only be inferred from gravitational effects or radiation. Interestingly, this concept is alluded to in Job 26.7. God hangeth the earth upon nothing. 
That nothing supports 5.972 sextillion metric tons, which you guessed it is the weight of planet Earth. Even today, no one really knows what gravity is or how it works. This mysterious force of gravity keeps the Earth connected to the sun 93 million miles away. There is no better explanation, however, when God said the Earth hangs upon nothing. Number five, hydrology. The field of hydrology, which is the science and study of the flow of water, is one with many biblical accounts because of the major importance of water in the life of mankind. The water cycle and its accompanying global atmospheric circulation have only demonstrated scientifically in recent years, but they were set forth in the Bible ages ago. Ecclesiastes 1, 6 through 7, set down by King Solomon 3,000 years ago, describes this cycle in great detail. The wind goeth toward the south, and turns about unto the north. It whirls about continually, and the wind returneth again according to its circuits. All the rivers run into the sea, yet the sea is not full. Unto the place from whence the rivers came, thither they return. Solomon describes a succinct yet comprehensive outline of the evapotranspiration cycle on earth. No wonder great wisdom is attributed to him. Elihu also mentions the hydrological cycle in Job 36, 27 through 29. For he maketh small the drops of water, they pour down rain according to the vapor thereof, which the clouds do drop and distill upon man abundantly. Also, can any understand the spreading of the clouds or the noise of his tabernacle? Number 6. Hemodynamics. Leviticus 17.11 and a number of other scriptures mention the preeminent importance of blood in the biological mechanism of our bodies. This was known by the Jews thousands of years in advance of the discovery of the circulation of blood by William Harvey in 1616. The Bible states clearly that literally, for the life of the flesh is in the blood. Blood composition can greatly impact health. Continuance of life is now known to depend upon the supply of oxygen, water, and food cells of the body. This essential function is accomplished in a marvelous manner by the blood as it circulates constantly throughout the body year after year. The blood, which is the channel of life, can also become the carrier of disease and infection through the body when they gain the upper hand in the system. The Word of God was scientifically accurate in this great biological truth long before scientists discovered and elaborated upon it. How great is our God! Friend, I love science as a kid. I love mathematics also. I eventually studied for two engineering degrees. But none of those achievements have turned me away from God, but towards Him. When I consider Sir Isaac Newton, perhaps one of the greatest mathematicians of all time, not many people realize that Newton had a very strong faith in God and even began to study Bible codes before the invention of the computer. He was once quoted as saying this, This most beautiful system of the sun, planets, and comets could only proceed from the counsel and dominion of an intelligent and powerful being. This being governs all things, not as the soul of the world, but as Lord over all. Of course, Newton was famous for discovering gravity and will always be held in popular imagination with an apple falling on his head. But few realize that he is also quoted as saying this, Gravity explains the motions of the planets, but it cannot explain who set the planets in motion. God governs all things and knows all that is or can be done. Unquote. 
Friend, studying math or science should lead us to God, not away from Him, just as it did for Newton. By investigating, analyzing, or discovering the hidden laws of the universe, we should become more and more aware of God's handiwork and an appreciation for His majesty. The truth is, my friend, many scientists don't want to admit there is a God because they will have to be accountable to Him. In other words, it's not a lack of knowledge, but a heart issue. No matter how smart you are, your heart will still be corrupt and you will remain blind to the gospel because Satan has blinded their hearts. He can even use their own pride against them because through humility you need to repent and come to the realization you cannot go to heaven by your own merits. Man does not need to augment or enhance himself because he is created in God's image. Even today, transhumanists have embarked upon a futile attempt for life extension, but technology can never attain what only God can provide. If they want life extension, they should only seek out eternal life in Christ and from nowhere else. Friend, the Bible makes it clear in Romans 1.19 and Romans 2.15 that the conscience and the creation are witness to us that there is a God even without the gospel. The rising of the sun, the setting of the sun, the incredible oceans, the skies, the animals in this earth, these are witness to us that God created all things. And friend, it should be obvious to us really. Never let your passion for science wane. If you're a young person, continue to go after it, but never at the expense of your faith in God. It is not one or the other. You can have both. You've been listening to Carl Joseph and the Lions Unchained podcast. Carl is a minister who has witnessed God's miraculous power to save, heal, and deliver. Carl covers topics such as geopolitics, current affairs, cults, societal trends, and end-time events, all through a biblical lens. Every Monday, new podcasts are uploaded, so stay tuned for the next opportunity to roar into victory. Check out carljosephministries.com for exciting articles, teachings, and discussion points. See you next week, and don't forget to hit the subscribe button.